Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We podcast a Bible study each Wednesday evening for those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha. Now, if you're in the area, we encourage you to come and study God's word with us and grow spiritually with us. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. We know that there are lots of people in the area and in even in other parts of the country who are not able to be with us physically. But if, you're, if you are able, we encourage you to come and be with us each Wednesday evening at 6.30 for our midweek Bible classes. We also have Sunday morning Bible classes at 9.30 each Sunday morning, followed by worship at 10.30. And then on, when, on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. You're welcome to any and all of these services. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. We encourage you also, if you're not able to be with us, and again, we know there are people who are not able to be with us due to physical problems or or, or, uh, medical problems or scheduling problems, whatever the case might be. And we know that there are people who listen across the country and literally around the world to our podcast Bible studies. We're thankful for everyone who is listening. We're thankful for those who want to get into God's Word and grow spiritually because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, an alternative, if you're not able to be with us in person, is to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We just want to help as many people as we can get to heaven by getting them into God's word. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons. And you'll receive automatically to your smart device, whichever one you choose, our daily Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures, and a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week. It's just only about 13 minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word. And again, we've said that's critical for our faith. We call that today's Bible class. Each day, seven days a week. Only about 13 minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word. Now, we also encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody come to God through Jesus Christ. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and also a great blessing for you. So share with everybody you can each time you have the opportunity. We're going to get back into our study in 2 John. Even though this is a very short letter within the New Testament scriptures, only 13 verses as we count them, we again get a great deal of information for the individual Christian from this. And of course, the prospective Christian as he studies God's word and sees what's there for humanity through Jesus Christ. So we come to verse 8 in 2 John. There's only one chapter, again, just 13 verses. And we read this. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Now, 
the emphasis here is to stay on track spiritually as Christians, as faithful followers of God through Jesus Christ. Stay on track. Don't get off course. Don't slip into unfaithfulness, unrighteousness, uh, ungodliness. Stay true to God. Make that commitment and keep that commitment on a regular basis, a daily basis. Now, that's important. A whole lot of people, they think that they can pretty much live almost any way they want as long as they have this, I guess some people would say this warm feeling in their heart about their relationship with God, about their faith in God, but they don't give much attention to God's teachings, God's doctrinal teachings. Now, the word doctrine simply means teaching. And a lot of people, they they want God, they want Jesus, they want heaven, they just don't want God's word that much. They don't want to feel that they're, they're responsible to having to stay committed to living by the teachings of God's word on a faithful, consistent basis. Well, you can't walk without you can't walk with God, you can't walk with Jesus without living by their teachings. I would remind you again, as we have many, many times, what Jesus said on the night of his betrayal, John chapter 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And we read those statements over and over and over again, literally, throughout the New Testament scriptures. And we could go back even to the Old Testament scriptures and see the same lesson being taught a number of times. Well, so here John writes, look to yourselves. We're talking about self-examination here from a spiritual perspective. When we look at at uh, 1 Corinthians I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and we look at verse 5, the Apostle Paul wrote this, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you are indeed disqualified, disqualified? Now, look at that that double emphasis there, or maybe even triple if you, if you think about the last uh, statement there. Examine yourselves. That's a direct statement. We need to examine ourselves. But what do we do when we get up in the morning? We get our, we, you know, if you're a man, you shave, you brush your teeth, maybe you take a shower. If you're a woman, you know, you, you wash your face, maybe you take a shower, you put on your makeup, you brush your hair, and so on. Make sure that everything's just right. Maybe put on some makeup. Well, you're examining yourselves by looking into the mirror to see, okay, what do I need to do here? What do I need to do there? What do I need in this part, you know, or that part? You know, whatever it is, you're examining yourself, making sure everything looks good. We finally get dressed. We get ready to go off to work or do whatever we're going to do during the, the morning hours. And so, again, we stop and we look at ourselves in the mirror. Is everything in the right place? We got everything on just right? Well, that's examining yourselves. We go to... Uh, maybe a mirror or maybe we'll get some kind of uh, self-help examination kit and we'll examine ourselves medically from time to time. We'll go to a doctor and we'll go for a checkup so that he can examine us and we'll tell him about different symptoms we may be experiencing, whatever. You know, that's part of self-examination as well. Well, we need to look into the mirror of God's word to see if we are in proper shape, if we are in good spiritual health based upon the teachings of his word. That's the mirror that we can look into and examine ourselves 
is, is my life in tune with, in keeping with God's word? Well, so Paul says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Now, not to whether you have faith, belief in God, and belief in Jesus. That's personal faith. But in the faith, and that's God's word, the faith is used a number of times in the New Testament scriptures. That's referring to God's word. Now, truly, true faith, saving faith, my personal belief is based upon the faith, the teachings of God's word. Again, we keep emphasizing it over and over and over and over and over again. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. And then he goes on and says, test yourselves, test yourselves. Well, how can I do that? Well, again, I'm looking into that mirror even more carefully, even more deeply. Am I living the life I'm supposed to live as a faithful follower of God through Jesus Christ as a Christian? And then do you not know yourselves what that Jesus is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Well, there's that idea. We can really think about that as a third statement saying, check yourself out again. Be thorough in your self-examination as to your spiritual life. Are you where you ought to be? Are you what you ought to be as a faithful follower of God through Jesus Christ as a Christian? Well, again, we, we look at Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, and here the, the, the Hebrews writer, he talks about that kind of self-examination as well. He just puts it into different terms. He says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away, lest we drift away. Well, I need to pay attention to the teachings that I have learned and ultimately conform my life to, I need to always re-examine, am I living by those teachings? Because if I'm not, if I'm not staying diligent in following the teachings of God's word faithfully and obediently and consistently, then I can, in fact, I probably will drift away from the true faithfulness and dedication that God expects of me. We think also about what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. And here he said, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Circumspectly. Well, we've talked about that word. I, I, I've said different times, I, I love language. Now, <laughs> not necessarily foreign languages. I've, I've taken a couple of foreign languages through my life. Don't really remember much from either one of those, but I, you know, get some senses at times. But I love the idea of words. I love literature. Words have meaning. And so when we're thinking about what, what uh, Paul is saying there when he says walk circumspectly, that's a great word probably don't use that much, do you? <laughs> In fact, some of you might have never heard of that word before, but it's a great word. We would, we would, you know, categorize it. We'd say it's a synonym for carefully, walk carefully. But as I've emphasized in teaching on this particular verse many times, it's not just what we normally think of as being careful. 
in how we're walking, how we're living. It's the idea of being super careful. We're thinking ahead before we take that next step as to what will happen as a result of taking that next step, and then what will happen on the basis of that whatever is going to happen, and and on and on and on. And I've compared it uh, many times to playing chess. You don't think about just this move you're about to make. You're thinking about what that move will lead to from your opponent's response, and then your response to his response, and then his response to your response. And so a master chess player is thinking several moves ahead. Well, that's the idea of walking circumspectly. Not just what's going to happen when I take this particular step or maybe make this particular statement or make this decision, but what's that going to lead to? And then what's that going to lead to? And what's that going to lead to? And then he also says they're redeeming the time in the very next verse, making the most of the time. The idea of redemption is to buy something back. Well, I need to, I need to con- consider my time on this earth and especially as it reflects upon my dedication to God as being valuable. I want to make the most of my time. I want it to have the greatest value that it can have based upon how I'm living my life in dedication and devotion to God. So look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. A lot of people become careless. That's back in verse 8 again of 2 John. And a lot of people are careless in their faithful as to their faithfulness to God. A lot of people are careless as to their determination or lack thereof to live by God's teachings in His Word, the Bible. And so they they kind of you know are kind of go along with the wind to a great extent in many cases. And remember what the Hebrews writer said there, lest we drift away. Well, a lot of people kind of drift back and forth here and there, hither and yon, and, and the result is that they drift farther and farther away from God in many cases, away from faithfulness to God. So we need to, to be careful, keep our focus, that we don't lose our reward. Our reward, what is that ultimate reward we're looking for? An eternal home in heaven eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Well, God offers that to us through Jesus Christ. He sent his son to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins so that we could have the opportunity to come to him as our Savior and be saved and have eternal life with him in heaven, an eternal home. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, for God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, verse 8 here in 2 John chapter 1 goes right into verse 9. And so he said, look to yourselves that we do not lose the things we worked for. And what a shame to lose our salvation once we have been saved through Jesus Christ, once God has extended salvation to us. Now, I know there are a whole lot of denominational folks, including preachers, who say, you can't lose your salvation. Once you're saved, you're always saved. You need to go back to God's book again. You need to read the New Testament scriptures more carefully, because that is a statement that has come through the mouth of man and not through the teachings of God's word. So 
lest, and here this, this again, in verse 8, is, is once again testimony to that particular reality and teaching. If, if we may not receive a full reward, then what does that mean? We're losing at least part of our reward. It, the, the indication, though, seems to be we, might, we want to receive the full reward. What would be the reward without its fullness? And then he certainly goes into that in, in more uh, straightforward terms in verse 9 in Second John chapter 1, when John goes on and says, whoever transgresses, whoever transgresses, uh, goes ahead, misses the mark. We're talking about sin. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, that is, does not live in and live by the teachings of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. So you see, there's a definite line of distinction there between a faithful follower of God through Jesus Christ and one who is not a faithful follower. And we're not talking about necessarily the, the difference between atheism and, and faithfulness or faith in God. You know, certainly the atheist would be the ultimate example of somebody who is not living in and living by the teachings of Christ. But that would be the, the extreme outer fringe of what John's talking about. There are a whole lot of people who would definitely and, and even exuberantly say, oh, I, I have faith in God. I have faith in Christ. But they're not living by his teachings. You see, true faith is going to be obedient faith. As we noted before in John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And that particular teaching is repeated over and over and over and over again throughout the New Testament scriptures and even going back into the Old Testament scriptures. So whoever transgresses, whoever, again, transgression, basically, we're bottom line, we're talking about sin. And to not abide in, to not live in and live by the teachings of Christ, what did Jesus say again? If you don't do that, you don't truly love him in the way that he's teaching, you need to love him. Now, that would bother a lot of people. They'd say, oh, I love him. I'm just not, I'm just not ready to you know, live by all of those thou shalts and thou shalt nots. Well, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So when we simply use logical reasoning from reverse perspective there, if we're not living by his commandments, and I'm talking about all the teachings of and about Christ, then we're not we're not truly loving him in the way that he's expecting us to, in the way that we need to in order to be saved and to be confident of our eternal reward in heaven. So whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, now notice this, does not have God. You see, true faithfulness is not wishy-washy. It's not a blurred line It is a distinct line of demarcation between the lost and the saved, between the condemned and the saved. It's it's a clear line of difference between the two. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 
7, verses 13 and 14. He said, enter in by the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there are who are walking down that road. A little bit of paraphrase there. And then he said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be who find it. Now, that's because the way to eternal life in heaven is the way of the truth of God's word. And truth is narrow, always narrow. The way to eternal condemnation in hell, that pathway to destruction that's wide and broad, no rules. Do whatever you want. And you can be assured of ending up in eternal condemnation in hell. Well, so we need to understand, if we want to be with God, God is not only the God of truth, God is the author of all truth. And we're not talking about blurred lines of truthfulness here. We're not talking about deception. We're talking about truth. So if we want to be with God, if we want to walk with God in faithfulness, we've got to live by the teachings of his word. And, and particularly, John is pointing out here, the teaching is Christ, the teachings of Christ. And again, somebody who comes and says, well, I believe in Jesus, I, that's the teachings about Jesus, not the teachings of Jesus. The two are inseparable. You can't separate the teachings of Jesus and say, I believe that, from the teachings by Jesus. They go together. The teachings by Jesus are part of his identity as Jesus, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior. Think about what it would mean to not have God in your life. Now, you'd say, well, but I'm not an atheist. I believe in God. But think what John is saying here. If you're not living by, living in the teachings of God, you don't have God in your life. You can say all day long, I believe in God. But just read what John says in Scripture and understand again, that is God's very word. Remember what James wrote in James chapter 2. The demons believe and tremble, but they're still the demons. A whole lot of people can end up in hell, I'm afraid, who believe in God, but they don't live by God's teachings. You see, the two have to go hand in hand. In order for us to be pleasing to God and truly, truly faithful to him. We can look at all kinds of verses of scripture that confirm what John writes there. We could go all the way back to John chapter 5, John chapter 5, and we could look there at verse 23. John chapter 5, verse 23. And here, we find Jesus speaking. And he says that all should honor the Son just as they honored the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So if you're truly going to honor God, if you're truly going to have 
complete faith in God, faith in Jesus goes with that faith in God. Now, you see, that eliminates those who would say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. No, the two go together. And if you're going to truly honor God, then you're going to honor Jesus, God's Son, your Lord and Savior. John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so all of the teachings of and by Christ are part of God's teachings. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 23, and we've studied through this previously, but here we read, whoever denies the Son, that is Christ, does not have the Father either. And he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. It's a package deal, in other words. In chapter 5, in verse 12 of 1 John, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So the idea that you could be faithful to God, we're talking about some major world religions here who would hold to that. They can be faithful to God without being faithful to Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God our true Savior, they're living in a fantasy world. Because again, the two go together, God the Father and God the Son. Once again, if you want to think of it from kind of a you know, boiled down statement, it's a package deal. The one goes with the other. We need to understand that. Had a man one time come to me and say, I'm, and, and he had been a self-proclaimed atheist. He came to me one day after he had studied for a number of years, had listened to the gospel being taught for a number of years. He came to me one day and said, I'm ready to be baptized. And I said, really? You believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. I said, and you believe in, in Jesus as the Savior? And he stopped and got quiet. He said, maybe I need to wait a while because I'm not sure about Jesus. You see, again, the two go together. Jesus is the Savior. He is truly God the Son. Go back to John chapter 1. Read the first four verses. Now, very thankfully, another fairly short period of time helped that man come to full faith in not just in God the Father, but in God the Son as well. And he was baptized into Christ for the remission of his sins. And he's been a dedicated, faithful Christian ever since. He who does not believe in, does not live by the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. Coming to God must be through Jesus Christ. Again, John 14 and verse 6 Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We'll look a little bit further at this particular immediate context of Scripture next time as we look at verses 10 and 11 of 2 John chapter 1. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much that you have sent your Son into this world to 
grow up in human form and to walk upon this earth as a man teaching the gospel message of salvation that he brought from you from the throne room in heaven so that we could have the opportunity through him to be forgiven of our sins as we're baptized into him for the remission of our sins, that we could in that way be reborn spiritually and be redeemed, come to you in a right relationship with you again. Thank you, Father, for loving us that much and help people to open their eyes and open their hearts to understand this truth. This is your way for us to be saved and have eternal life with you in heaven. And help us to continue to teach this truth openly, consistently, and boldly, and accurately, Father. Please, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.